Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Welcome to Girls on Film. I'm your host, Anna Smith. And this week is a special one. We are celebrating our 50th episode. My guests at the party are Sasha Lane and Ashley Lathrop, who are both starring in the US remake of the darkly comic conspiracy series Utopia, which is available on Amazon Prime Video. Now, Utopia is about a group of comic book fans trying to save the world from a viral pandemic. You might remember the British series, which I was a big fan of. This adaptation comes from Gone Girl author Gillian Flynn. We all have our reasons for being in this world. We all have our purpose. is a story about a genius scientist who made horrible viruses. Ebola, MERS, Zika. Predicted in dystopia years before the first case in the real world. Yeah, you're one of those, huh? It all has to mean something. I'm pleased to report that Flynn has done a terrific job of adapting this. She's retained the gripping story and she's put her own spin on it, adding several new characters, including John Cusack's sinister CEO, And she's also cast a couple of cracking actresses in the lead roles. My guests, Ashley Lathrop, who plays Becky, and Sasha Lane, who portrays the infamous Jessica Hyde. Sasha's first role was in the fabulous American Honey. She was discovered by director Andrea Arnold when she was on a beach. She then went on to appear in Desiree Akavan's equally brilliant film, The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Utopia is her first role in the series. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for coming on to Girls on Film. Um, Girls on Film is a feminist podcast, so we love a kick-ass character like Jessica Hyde. What did you find interesting about her? Um, I think just kind of her whole base of why she operates the way that she does. You know, that everything, there is a reason. You know, a lot of people want to say, like, ah, she's so mean or she's aggressive and she's just this one type of, she's the bad guy, basically. But it's like, I loved the idea of thinking, like, if you've been in survival mode for the majority of your life and if you have a mission, especially one that is so personal in the way of finding her dad and, you know, wanting to know why everything has happened the way it has, you just, you get it. You're like, okay, I I understand. And kudos to you. You survived this long and um, that's great. As well as here she is starting to connect, I guess, just physically with the rest of the nerds and kind of their thing and how it operates. And there's just something comical, but also you can feel compassion for with her not really knowing how to interact with them and not understanding what it means to like put your heart out there or form these relationships or have any other purpose in life besides one mission, you know? So I think I definitely admired the kind of psychology of it, I guess I'd say. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a character, especially a female character, exactly like her before, which is fantastic. And you do it beautifully, by the way. She's described as feral. Um, What details of her lifestyle did you enjoy bringing to life that really played to that kind of, as you were saying, that survival instinct? 
I think I liked kind of the on edge aspect. I talked to Toby, the director, a lot about, you know, when she is in a room, how does she behave? She will never relax. You know, you'll never see her with her shoulders just slumped. Even, you know, the drinking scene, it's like, whoa, wait, nope, messed up. Time is of the essence to her. I loved the kind of quick pace, constantly looking over her shoulder and being aware of her surroundings. And I liked the whole, yeah, like the feral cat to her, just to kind of like, don't touch me. What are we doing? Let me get what I need and let me get out. It was fun. It was, it was cool to play. Yeah. We're big fans of your films, American Honey and Miseducation and Cameron Post. How did making a series compare? Um, you get more time. And I think there's, you know, I love film and I'll always love film. But there's something special, especially a character and a story that is something that you peel layers off of and you're decoding and there's conspiracy. But especially for a character, especially when you love, and I love Jessica Hyde, and this is such a, an honor for me. I'm happy that I get to, in a way, take my time with her as well as learn her so well that each time I come back or each day we step in, it's, all right, we're putting Jessica Hyde on. So her mannerisms and her mindset and all of that just start to become like second skin that you can pull on and off. I assume you've seen the British version of Utopia. I've seen a couple of episodes. I didn't want to get too far in because then it would kind of affect the way I played myself and um, what I was trying to do with it and what Gillian needed and wanted. Yeah. Well, that's what I wanted to say because I adore the British version, but I also love this because Gillian brings something different to this script, especially from a feminist perspective Mm -hmm. and particularly with your character. In the conversations that you had with her, what did you feel that she brought to the story? I think she brought a little more, I don't know if grounding is the right word for it, but, um, you know, I just had a conversation with someone who was talking about, you know, the Jessica Hyde from the UK version is like ghost-like and, you know, this kind of floating in and out creature, which I think worked for that style. But for this one, I think I love the fact that, especially as a woman, it's like, this is real. This is like my real life. If I want something and if I believe in something and especially someone like as deeply connected to me, at least in my mind as like my father, I'm going to do what it takes. And I've had to live a life of survival, so I will do what it takes. And, you know, if you don't like me for it or if I'm not necessarily like hugging you because you scraped your knee, I don't have time for it, you know? And so I think there was something there as well as you can be tough and you can be rough, but you can still, there's emotion there just because you're not necessarily expressing it as fully. It doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. And so I think there was just like a, an extra realness to this version. I'm Jessica Hyde. I'm real. So are the people after you. They've killed every single person who's seen Utopia. Now they'll dedicate themselves to killing you too. You'll never go home. You'll need to become new people. I am the only one who can help you, so shut up and do as I say. In the UK, uh, that sort of where's Jessica Hyde is a real catchphrase amongst people who love the show. Mm-hmm. Are you prepared for people shouting that at you in the street? <laughs> uh, I honestly, that's like, actually a part of me is like, let's get it. That is amazing. But also imagine <laughs> how creepy it'll be for someone to be like, where's Jessica Hyde? And you're like, whoa. <laughs> I'm a paranoid person, so, you know, like, I always feel watched anyways, like, for no reason. So uh, 
that'll be fun as well as like <laughs> a trip yeah are there any scenes without spoilers that you would say were a highlight for you filming um I think the scene with Artemis in the bathroom I think it was like a very packed kind of scene you know you had the fight but you also had the emotional kind of like destruction and you see you start to feel for her like she connected with this person but also at the end of it you are going to affect my life you are going to possibly hinder me and at the end of the day she has to do what she has to do and I I just think there's something really sick about doing such a crazy action scene while also like tearing up a little bit and kind of bringing that energy that is going to make you think like wow this is really major but this is super dark and I'm kind of like sad and like in awe of it all so yeah I think that was the funnest scene for me that's a great choice because watching it, I was thinking we so rarely see this kind of action scene especially between two women mm-hmm. so bravo yeah, yeah mother-daughter kind of situation <laughs> exactly that's no, very unusual and it gives once you've got the emotional investment in it it's so much more interesting yeah. there's an amazing scene early on where you your character urinates while being watched and watching people <laughs> can we talk me through this how did it work <laughs> yeah there was I don't you know I had questions too I was like uh I think the honestly the biggest question was it was a male director Toby and he was like just put your leg up here and pee and I was like I'm gonna let you know now <laughs> There is angles to this. <laughs> you can't you can't just, you know, do that. So let's see how I can manage to hike my leg up and make it in the toilet. But luckily we used a little water system that was very weird, but helped me a lot. And it took everything in me not to crack up because I was looking them dead in the eye and I'm like, let's get it. Let's get it. Yeah, that was a fun It was very impressive. You ever tempted to recreate that in real life now? <laughs> I know. I was like, hey, I can pee anywhere, anytime. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> well, great job. Thank you so much, Sasha, for joining Girls on Film. Thank Take you. Care. I am only willing to help you if you are useful to me. If you cry, if you whine, if you complain, if you challenge me, I will cut you loose and let you die. Ashley Lathrop is a rising star known for her roles in The Handmaid's Tale, The 100, The Kaminsky Method and The Fifty Shades films. In her latest performance, she takes on the character of Becky, a terminally ill comic book fan in the remake of Utopia. Well, Ashley, welcome to the 50th episode of Girls on Film. Oh my goodness, that's so special. Thank you. Welcome to the party. And also, um, congratulations on Utopia. I've been devouring it enthusiastically. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us a bit about your character, Becky. Um, So, as you said, I play a character, Becky, and she is part of this group of comic book graphic novel enthusiasts who want to get their hands on this graphic novel, Utopia. And she believes that within its pages lies an answer to the cure for deals, which is a disease that she is suffering from, which is currently incurable. So for Becky, it's kind of life or death to get her hands on this graphic novel. And then she gets swept up in a wild adventure, basically. Definitely wild. I'm a fan of the British Utopia as well. And this is a little different in very interesting ways. Did you watch the British one? So I watched a couple of episodes of the British one. I loved it. And 
you know, I'm hoping that the American version gets several seasons, but when it's done, I'm going to finish the British version. I didn't want to watch too much because I didn't want to get another actor's performance in my head. And also because our version, as you said, is different. But yes, I am a fan of the British one as well. Definitely. It's definitely my style. That's uh, pretty much what Sasha said as well, because she's on the show as well today. And she said that, um, yeah, she didn't want to watch too much. I guess you guys really bonded on set. I've seen some nice sort of Instagram pictures of you together. Sasha and I? Yes. Oh, yeah. She's a homie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tell us about on screen. Um, what are Becky's relationships like with the other characters? Becky is sort of the, I would say, like the most motherly of the group. She's the most empathetic of everyone and so her relationships are sort of to in a way manage everyone which is a lot to put on someone especially someone who's very ill but she sort of takes it on full stride and tries to keep everyone optimistic Um, her relationship with Jessica Hyde is interesting because she pities her and is also wildly terrified of her and she wants to teach her about the world because Jessica for all of her knowledge of violence She's like a scared little girl inside of there. And I think Becky recognizes that and wants to sort of help her come out of her shell and realize that the world's not such a terrible place. Well, it's great to see so many scenes where women interact with each other, which is something we'd love to celebrate on Girls on Film. Do you think there's a feminist aspect to Utopia? You know, I think that there, I think just because of the nature of the fact that Gillian is the showrunner, you know, she writes such brilliant women characters and empowered female characters who are not just one thing. You know, Becky is motherly, but she's also very sexual and she's funny and she's, you know, she gets angry. And so she writes such dynamic roles. So I don't know that I would call it feminism as much as humanism, like they're real women in these roles that Gillian has written, as opposed to just like one thing. Did you work closely with her? We did. She was on set (laughs) basically every day, which I think is rare for a showrunner, but she just has such a love of the project. And so she was always on hand to work with the director or answer our questions if we needed clarification or wanted to know something deeper. And she's also a big, big fan of graphic novel. Killian is secretly a little bit of a nerd too, so we definitely bonded over that. You know, we had like this whole trip planned to go to a Ren Fair and Gillian bought me costumes and we had like matching outfits. It was really funny. (laughs) How about you? Are you a bit of a nerd in real life? You know, I am. I am. I didn't realize it until I started doing um, interviews. People would ask me questions and I'm like, yeah, yes to that and that and that. I guess that is kind of nerdy. But, you know, I'm going to reclaim that word. It's not a bad word. I'm a nerd and I'm proud of it. (laughs) Well. Becky strikes me as a very cool nerd, you yeah. know, she's sort of <laughs> nerd that you'd want to be. And um, were there any particular challenging scenes without giving spoilers, if you can? Without spoilers, I think the most challenging scenes physically were definitely um, some of the stunts, some of the stuff that revolve around Becky's illness for me, mm-hmm. because it does manifest in really pretty nasty ways. So I would say that for sure. And just emotionally, I think the scenes when all of us are together and under these stressful high stakes situations you know when you act that you kind of do put it in your body so sometimes I would come home and be like man I'm so stressed why am I stressed oh because I was stressed all day on set that makes sense as a character so do you take a little bit of Becky home with you oh for sure yes definitely Becky is very very empathetic and very kind and very giving and I found myself on set kind of 
adopting that role as well. You know, I was kind of the one who was always checking in with everyone and learning everyone's name on set. And there are hundreds of people who work on a set. And then like, you know, making sure everyone was okay. Dan Bird, who plays Ian, would always make fun of me. And he's like, God, you're so Becky. <laughs> well, that's a compliment, right? That's cute. And I was like, thanks, Dan. Thank you. Everything in Utopia is real. Viruses, biowarfare, man-made disease. I'm the foremost expert on this virus. Jesus. It's a pretty serious situation. I bet your ass it's a serious situation. Stern's flu has now been declared a national pandemic. This is our undoing. We can fight it. We'd just be going into the belly of the beast, practically begging to be slaughtered. Yes. Yeah, what, what? That's extreme. Now, I have to ask the obvious question. Utopia obviously feels weirdly topical. How did you feel after you'd filmed it all and then the pandemic hit? You know, it kind of took a minute for it to set in just because we were, when the pandemic was worsening, we were all kind of trying to figure out what was going on. And so it wasn't until the lockdown happened in California that it kind of struck that, oh, this is something that I just lived for six months in Chicago, this end of the world feeling. And now it feels eerily relevant because I'm living it uh, in real life. So I would definitely say it was a little bit bizarre, I guess would be a word, um, not a strong enough word, but it was it was sort of surreal to be living in something that we had touched on a bit in the show. And this is by far from the first dystopian TV series that you've been in. Quite a <laughs> habit of yours, isn't it? Tell us more about The Handmaid's Tale, which is streaming on Prime Video now. Yeah, I did that show too, which is another show that is set in a dystopian future. And another show that is also in a future that could be not too far away from our own. You know, sometimes dystopians are so out there, you're like, that would never happen. And I've been lucky enough to work on now two shows that I'm like, yeah, we are either living in it or could very easily live in that reality, which is, I think, kind of the point of dystopian shows is to show you a world that could be and maybe it inspires you to think and maybe try to change some aspects of your own life so that you don't end up in the world that you see on TV. But also it's entertainment. Yeah, it's, it's a cautionary tale, I suppose, very cautionary, mm -hmm. um, sort of a warning. Mm -hmm. And on a, on a very different note, I have to ask about the Fifty Shades movies, which you appeared <laughs> in. <laughs> Remind us who you were in those and also what did your friends and family think about you being in those films? Uh, I played a character named Hannah in Fifty Shades, and she is Anna, Dakota Johnson's character's basically only work friend and mm. kind of becomes her secretary, second in command at work. Uh, and when my parents found out I got cast, they were very alarmed because they were like, oh, no, are you going to be naked the whole time? And I was like, that's not even <laughs> what the movies are. Did you Did you watch the first one? Like that, there's a lot more to it than just like, naked on screen but they definitely um <laughs> they definitely had some concerns that they felt the need to voice about who i would be playing i did wonder that because it's just that sort of thing people have a knee-jerk reaction to it don't they they must have thought oh my gosh <laughs> mm -hmm. what else are you up to at the moment i know obviously not a lot of filming is going on but what can we look forward to seeing you in uh yeah it's it's things are still kind of shut down particularly films um there's some TV happening, I guess. I'm about to start season three of this show called Kaminsky Method, which stars Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. So we are about to go into production on that very shortly. And that's my next project. How's Michael Douglas? 
Oh my gosh, he's wonderful. He's he is such a delightful, kind, just giving man. And uh, you know, the first time I met him, I was awestruck, and then he was just so down to earth and so cool. I really, really like working with him a lot. Nice. Anyone else you've worked with that you've sort of enjoyed learning from, like a more senior actor? You know, I really like working with Lizzie Moss on Handmaid's Tale. I think that she's incredibly talented, and she's also really, really smart. And she has a very clear eye for what she wants and what she wants out of a character. And she's got such a heavy hand in the creative direction of that show. And so just working from her and watching her process was was really, really great. But I can honestly say I haven't worked with anyone I don't like. So oh, that's I've nice. been very lucky. <laughs> that's a good way to go. I also saw a great <laughs> social media picture of her in her outfit. With you. Were you in a hospital bed? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we are, we played enemies on the show, but we are not enemies in real life. And so there were a lot of goofy behind the scenes moments. And that was just one of them that happened to get captured. Because on a show like that, you know, you have to, there has to be some lightness somewhere. And it's such a great show because it's all, basically, it's a, it's a female driven show. And all the women on the set are, are friends in real life. So. It's really, really fun behind the scenes to see when fans get to see what we do. Well, it was, it was just a second. It just feels different. This one, I think it's a girl and, and the others were boys. So I just, I got scared. Scared of what her life would be. Well, only God knows that. She thinks she knows better than God. That's a sin. Sinner, 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 sinner. Well, you've been in some great female-centered stuff already at this stage in your career. In terms of diversity and representation and hiring practices, both sort of on and behind the screen, have you seen anything change in your time so far as an actress? You know, I think conversations are happening, which are really, really great. Um, And I'm starting to see the trickle down happen. I think we still have a long, long way to go in terms of diversity and in terms of women running things as they should. (laughs) Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Um, But I do think that we are headed in the right direction already. I'm seeing, you know, on Utopia, the first five names on the call sheet, three of them are minorities and two of them, Sasha and I, are women and women of color. So I think that, you know, we're definitely going in the right right direction, and particularly with the Black Lives Matter movement that's happening in the U.S. I think Hollywood is also taking note, and um, I would say I see a change, slow going, but all things are in the beginning. Now listen, aside from your own work, are there any other films or TV series that you have been watching lately that you'd recommend to the listeners? Oh, I mean, I just watched a great documentary called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which mm. is so scary. I mean, it's scary, but I I highly recommend it. It's basically about the Golden State Killer. I don't want to give anything away, but it's just basically about this prolific serial killer from the 70s, 80s, 90s. Okay. It's really good. That was the most recent thing that I've watched, and it was terrifying, and I don't get scared easily, and I was sitting in my house locking all the doors and under a blanket. Oh. <laughs> terrifying. I'm not sure if that's a recommendation. That sounds utterly terrifying. It was great. It was great. Watch it. Watch okay. it. In a good way. All right. It was great. And was there anything else with regards to Utopia that you wanted to talk about, about the experience of filming that? I don't know. It was just really great. I'm so 
happy to have gotten to do it and happy to have gotten to work with the cast of people that I got to work with. Rain Wilson is a true gem, and I had been a fan of his since The Office. Yeah. The American version. Uh, the Office days. And so I I was very excited for it to see sort of who he was and how he operates. And he's so sweet. I mean, he's really funny both on and off set, but he's he's also really, really sweet. He is so good in this as well and well cast, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. It was really great to get to see him sort of branch out from – you know, what I know him from, which is comedy, and to see him play this sort of, I would say, kind of the heart of the show. You know, his character is one of the most lovable, tragic people in the whole cast. And so it was really great to watch him sink his teeth into that. And John Cusack, probably his his first regular TV series role, this, isn't it? Mm-hmm, it really is. And he uh, he also embraced it with such gusto. And it was really great to to sort of work with work with these legends I guess of film and to watch their process was really fun I didn't have as many scenes with John as I would have liked but hopefully in season two who knows yeah I was gonna ask so what can we expect in terms of season two season three there's definitely a season two yes I hope so <laughs> yeah, yeah I hope so too because if you don't want to keep us hanging that would just be too, <laughs> too awful yeah and what about your your own career what are your kind of hopes have you got any um, big ambitions to any other genres you're looking to work in well, I want to do a superhero show, so I want to do Black Panther 2. That's a dream, even though we just lost Chadwick. I want to work with Meryl Streep at some point in my career. That's kind of the ultimate overreaching goal. Like, I just want to work with Meryl on something. Is she who you sort of particularly idolized? I do. I yeah. do. I like it. She's just so, she's so great <laughs> in everything that I see her in. She's just so great. That's why she is. Meryl Streep. I think everyone in the world, apart from possibly Donald Trump, would agree with you that she is so great. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, well, Ashley, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you and we will continue enjoy watching Utopia. Thank you so much for joining the party for our 50th episode. It's been great to have you here. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Take care. Bye. How much evil do you have to do to do good? None. None evil. Utopia is streaming on Prime Video now. As this is our 50th episode, we have a little competition treat for you, and this ties into our episode about Utopia. I have a trivia question for you and the first person to tweet us with the answer will win a prize. So, Susanna Fogel was one of the directors of Utopia. She was also one of the writers of the film that we dedicated our 14th episode to. Which film is that? So if you're listening to this in around September 2020, then do tweet us with the answer and the first person to get it right will win a pair of VIP tickets for the upcoming pop-up screen season at the Forbidden Forest Cinema in London. That takes place in October and November 2020. You can watch films including Labyrinth, The Invisible Man, The Craft and Moana. Go to popupscreens.co.uk to find out more. Thanks for listening to Girls on Film and for joining us for our 50th episode. Thanks to our executive producer, Heather Archbold, our producer, Jane Long, assistant producer, Heather Dempsey, intern, Eliana J, and our partners for this episode, Amazon Prime Video. 
Follow us and message us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can find all the details in the episode description. And also don't forget that we have a Patreon page. You can give a small amount each month to support us and you'll get special treats in return. Go to patreon.com forward slash girls on film podcast. Do subscribe and review us if you've enjoyed this episode. And don't forget to check out our special film shows on the BFI YouTube channel. You've been listening to me, Anna Smith, and I was joined by Sasha Lane and Ashley Lathrop. See you soon. Stay safe, everyone. Happy birthday, Samantha. Good wish. It already came true.